Hello, welcome to Dungeon Delving. I'm Brandon Wagner, and today I'm delving into the magical properties of the unicorn. Now, unicorns are celestials. They inhabit the Feywild and also sacred wild places in the prime material, but they aren't Fey. They're celestials. And they have taken on a role in D&D of being these, uh, I don't know, maybe like omens, omens of good. You know, a, a celestial might send a unicorn to aid a good champion. And so for the most part, with celestials, well, unicorns specifically being these like pure beings of good, most of the time your players aren't going to be fighting them. So you're going to be using unicorns as set pieces more than as monsters to fight. <clears throat> The exception being, obviously, if you're playing a campaign where your players are evil, in which case a celestial can make, or sorry, a unicorn can make for a excellent boss. Um, the unicorns, they are divine guardians. They live the places that they inhabit on the prime material are uh, sacred places. You know, good deities place them to ward away evil, to preserve sacred places, to protect an enchanted forest, um, to guard sacred artifacts, or to aid champions. So, let's say you're having your players... <clears throat> your players are evil. Their opponent might be a paladin astride a unicorn. You know, a paladin that has been given a unicorn and because the gods want to bring down your party because they're evil and doing terrible things. Additionally, if you have a good party and you want to give them boons, like let's say you're thinking, all right, my players are going to go fight this demon cult, and they're not just doing it because they're good people, they're specifically doing it, they're sent on this quest by the gods. I am here! So, sorry about that, I just got a notification. <laughs> so... One of the boons, let's say you do have a paladin or a cleric in your party, you're like, I'm going to give this player a mount, and that's going to be your uh, unicorn. Um, unicorns, if a unicorn is slain, then the, uh, uh, the, the, the slayer or slayers become the target of divine retribution. So that could also be a a catalyst for you to have something for your players to do. Let's say your players are just exploring and maybe they accidentally slay a unicorn. Or maybe there's a unicorn f fighting evil and they're like, oh, we want to help. And the wizard throws in a fireball and the fireball kills the unicorn because it's already a low health. Now your players have to deal with the gods seeking divine retribution on your party because your wizard threw a fireball. Um, unicorns have they're a CR5 monster let's talk about their stat blocks real quick before we <clears throat> start getting into them more mechanically um, CR5 monster they have a few damage and condition immunities charm, poison, paralyze um, they have celestial, elvish, and sylvan as languages and telepathy so you can get around the language barrier, I think, with telepathy there. Uh, they have innate spellcasting. <clears throat> they can cast 
Detect good and evil, druidcraft, pass without trace, calm emotions, dispel evil, and entangle. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. <clears throat> they have advantage on saving throws against spells and magical effects. Their uh, horn and hoof attacks count as magical because they're an innately magical being. They attack with their hooves and their horn being uh, bludgeoning and piercing damage respectively. Three times a day they can touch something, a creature with their horn and heal them for 2d8 plus 2. Once per day they can teleport and up to three creatures they can teleport anywhere up a mi to a mile away. So if you're giving your players a unicorn as an ally, the unicorn can be, you know, can teleport them out of danger. Uh, they have legendary actions. They're one of the lowest CR monsters to have legendary actions. And uh, legendary actions are actions that they take in between uh, the turns of other creatures in the turn order. I explained them in my mummy episode a couple weeks ago. Uh, their legendary actions, they can make a hoof attack. And costing two actions, they can create a shimmering field around itself or another creature it can see within 60 feet, giving that target plus two AC until the end of the unicorn's next turn. And costing three actions, they can heal themselves without expending a use of their healing touch. So having a unicorn aiding your party gives you this support character. You know, they can heal, they can prevent damage with their shimmering shield. They can teleport the party away from danger. This, I think, would be... Having a unicorn ally would be an excellent way to give a lower-level party the means to face a higher CR monster because you have just this healer in the party. Um, the unicorn can... I think the unicorn is an excellent way to give your party an NPC ally that fights with them without it being an adventurer. That's something that I personally would tend to shy away from, is giving a the party an adventurer ally that is controlled by the DM. So, I just, I just feel like a lot of the time you fall into problems of the, the DM favoring their own character <clears throat> and making that NPC ally be their own character, and by having that NPC that fights alongside the party and helps them in their adventure be a unicorn, a creature, not a character, well, not necessarily not a character, but be a creature, then you don't have to fall into that issue of, oh, this NPC is going to take this cool loot, and then eventually they're going to leave the party and take their cool loot with them. Unicorn isn't going to take any loot. It's just going to kind of be there and help the party. Um, I don't remember. I just had a thought. Now I lost it. But uh, obviously, if your party has four or more p players in it, then the unicorn's teleport becomes kind of a uh, <laughs> less good thing because you're like, oh, well, one of you has to stay behind. And that might be okay. Maybe it's one player is about to die and the player and the unicorn has expended its healing touch uses and it's just like 
the party's like, Unicorn, get that player out of here. We'll try to get away on our own. And then the Unicorn can warp them away. As for putting your Unicorns in the world, the Unicorns need to be... important. The unicorn, by its very nature, demands that its presence in the world have, not consequences, but carry weight. So unicorn does have regional effects. Um, its lair might be an ancient ruin, a uh, misty clearing surrounded by oaks, a flower-covered hilltop, or some other serene woodland location. <clears throat> so having unicorn just live in an enchanted forest, by its very nature, the place where the unicorn lives is a font of magic or the resting place of a relic. And the regional effects it has are as follows. They have um, open flames of non-magical nature are extinguished. Torches and campfires refuse to burn. Closed lanterns are unaffected. Creatures native to the unicorn's domain have advantage on stealth checks so this could be if the unicorn forest where the unicorn lives has a group of elves that live there that help the unicorn to protect the forest they can hide much better when a good aligned creature casts a spell or uses a magical effect that causes another good aligned creature to regain hit points they regain the maximum number of hit points possible now that ability right there, that regional effect, requires you to pay attention to alignment. And a couple weeks ago, I did an episode on alignment where I talked about how I don't really put that much weight on alignment. And I think you could still do this <clears throat> with having that heavy weight on alignment like let's say you're playing a campaign where you're playing where you're not putting that you're like right, you're like guys don't write down your alignment we're just gonna kind of go a little more freely and have you act but if you want to have things like this where alignment matters then i as the dm would kind of weigh my players actions individually i would maybe have my players names written out and as they do things and as they you know, make decisions and choices and stuff like that, I would be like, okay, so we're coming up to a point where alignment matters, but my players don't have chosen alignments. So I'm going to assign them alignments based on their actions. You know, if you have a, most of the time you're going to be chaotic good or neutral good. But if you have one player in your team that's just very selfish and is... um you know, acts in their self-interest all the time, is only really helping the party because of circumstance and not because of their good nature, is constantly being like, I want a reward for this, I'm not going to do this because it's the right thing to do, I'm going to do it because you're going to pay me for it, then maybe when your cleric heals their monk, you're like, you don't need to roll, it heals maximum. And the players say, okay, cool, I'm in this enchanted forest, my heals are you know, maximum. But then they go to heal the rogue, who's a dick, and like, okay, so I heal you for 16, because, or 16 plus my wisdom modifier, because that's what, you know, Cure Wounds does. 
2d8 plus my wisdom. And you're just like, nope, roll it. And you're just like, what? Like, well, the nature of the magical forest, then this is an important, you know, player knowledge versus character knowledge. Like, well, the nature of this magical forest sees into your soul. And the rogue has been greedy and selfish and cruel. And thus the magic of the forest doesn't allow your magic to automatically heal him fully. And what this does is it reinforces to your players that their decisions are important. So maybe having, if you want to impress that upon your players, that the things they do and the way they treat NPCs and each other is important and matters, having them just go to a uh, unicorn's glade for some reason, maybe they're not there to get a relic or something, maybe they're there to get information because there's an elvish mystic that lives within the unicorn's forest that has knowledge that they need. Then you can teach them like, hey, for the the long term of this campaign, now you know the things you do matter and I'm paying attention to them. The fourth one is curses affecting good aligned creatures are suppressed. So again, you could then impress upon your players that uh, their actions matter. So if like your whole party gets cursed, maybe your party goes to a mummy's tomb and they take a relic and they're all cursed as a result. And three of your four players have been overwhelmingly good throughout the adventure, but one of them has been a little more chaotic neutral or true neutral or... Um, maybe even a little evil, a little neutral evil, then they go to this glade and all of the players except the one have their curses seemingly lifted or at least suppressed. And on the one hand, your player, the the player who doesn't have their curse lifted is going to be like, what gives, man? And then you have to have that conversation of, well, your character hasn't been very good. <laughs> so it's, it's not going to work for you. And maybe that affects the party even seeing the unicorn. Maybe the unicorn never shows itself while they're in the presence of that one player that's been less good. Putting unicorns in the world means that you have to have, like I said, places that have magical energy or are important. They don't have to be important to your story, but they have to be important to the world. So even if you're having your players go to the magical, the enchanted forest to meet an elven king, then the fact that the unicorn lives there means that that enchanted forest is an important magical place. Alternatively, having the unicorn, the artifact that the unicorn guards be important to your story matters as well. Maybe you have... The unicorn be a, I am the guard, talk to them telepathically, like, I am the guardian of this relic, and the gods told me you were coming. Take it, use it well, but I warn you, this is blah, 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 you know, have that unicorn be a character that can give exposition to your story. The unicorn is one of the monsters that I think deserves to be a character. They speak three languages. They have telepathy. They exist as these guardians of good. They 
can be characters. They can have personalities. I think if you're going to have multiple unicorns over the course of your campaign, they're going to be very similar because they exist for this purpose and they have this capacity that they that they fill in the world. And as a result, I feel like if you're going to have multiple unicorns, they're going to be very similar characters. They're going to be very... They're lawful good creatures. They're going to be very um, pure of heart and they're going to fit... They're going to be like your stereotypical paladin. They're going to be like, this is the way I, this is the code I abide by. This is my oath to protect this glade. They're very, like, proper and not one-dimensional, but kind of maybe flat. They're not, they're not wild. They're not like a horse. Like, you know, when we think of horses, we think of these wild, untamed you know, stallions racing through the wilderness. Unicorns aren't like that. Unicorns are these very, this is my place. I protect it. This is my home. I am here because I exist to protect this place. I plan to do an episode where I talk about low magic campaign settings. And one of the things that I keep coming back to when I think about these low magic settings is having monsters be unique. You know, there's only one ancient green dragon. There's only one kraken. There's only one unicorn. And I think unicorns, by their very nature, could, even in a middle or high fantasy setting, be a unique creature. And that can be a a quest. Like, maybe it's a side quest. Maybe your characters go to a town, and there's a lot of scholars there. And it's like, they meet a scholar <clears throat> who has been reading tomes and hearing stories of this un- of the of the beautiful unicorn and like I want to see it take me to the sacred forest to the enchanted forest to see the unicorn and then it becomes this whole adventure of we're in this magical forest trying to find this creature that maybe doesn't want to be found that could be a cool adventure you know to to put your players give your players a challenge that's not combat related you know you have to challenge your players with paying attention to the way you describe the environment and having them use their skill checks rather than their combat checks to overcome the challenge of finding this unicorn. Um, Having a unicorn be slain could be the... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The, The catalyst for an adventure. You know, maybe there's an elven princess who has a unicorn companion you know the the elves live in this enchanted forest and protect it and there's a unicorn that is like the nanny for elven princesses in this kingdom and it is slain you know an evil wizard hires a ranger or hunter or something to go to this elven forest sneak into the city sneak into the stable or wherever where the unicorn is is living and kill it for its horn. So now you get your adventurers get sent on this adventure to go find this evil wizard who hired an assassin to kill the unicorn. Then go take him down. Maybe you have a maybe you present your players with a moral quandary. You know, there's a a old an aging wizard that has been sending them on quests for a while now. So they have a rapport with this character. They have a relationship with him. And then he says, I'm dying and I need a unicorn horn to make this elixir that will extend my life. 
And now your players are like, what do we do? We've been helping this guy for a long time. He's done a lot of good for us, but now he wants us to do something despicable. You know, and maybe your players don't realize it's despicable until they see the unicorn. They go to the glade and they see, they happen, they finally happen to see the unicorn. And <clears throat> they, uh, they have this moment and you impress upon them that this is an important moment. You know, your players are like, well, you, I'm like, well, you see the unicorn and you are overcome with awe for its beauty, for its majesty, and just being in its presence. You feel this sense of serenity, and you tell them right away, you don't want to kill this thing anymore. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't have a a thing, anything about it. And I'm not normally one to tell the players what emotions their characters are feeling, but I think this would be an, like seeing a unicorn would be an inappropriate time to tell the players this is what emotion your character is feeling. Role play that for an upcoming campaign that I'm running. <clears throat> I have an area that is a unicorn enchanted forest, and that's one of the encounters I have for it is a unicorn. So while my players are adventuring through this enchanted long hidden forest, one of the encounters that I can roll is have the players make a perception check. If they beat this, they see the unicorn. They only glance it. They see it running through the trees. But you just kind of, you can use that, the unicorn being in this forest as a way to say, hey, you are in a magical place. I think like three of the encounters I have on that table are just the player's seeing these powerful magical creatures. I think I have a unicorn, a Kirin, and then the uh, the Koatl, the winged snakes. Are they in the normal monster manual, or are they in one of the other uh, supplemental ones? Nope, they're in this one. And so I have this area where the players are seeing... It's, it's protected by celestial goodness. There's fae living there. It's just a font of energy and life. And, yeah, three of the encounters on my table are, uh, if you're paying attention, you see this powerful magical creature that flies over, the Kodal flies overhead, the Kirin flies overhead, you see the unicorn, you hear hoofbeats and see the unicorn just for a moment, you get a glimpse of it, and it impresses, It's going. my idea is that it will impress upon my players that the, the area that they are in is a... A good place, a place of good, and be overflowing with positive energy and magical energy, and having a unicorn exist in your world can be that reminder to the players that there is good in the world. Not only is there good, but there are forces of good, and it can be a gateway almost to having a unicorn encounter your party can be a gateway to opening your players up to the idea that the world is bigger than the prime material because they meet this magical legendary creature who tells them i was sent here by the gods specifically to guard this forest and 
have it be a moment where any of your player characters that have, you know, doubts about the gods can lose those doubts. You know, maybe your cleric for their character development is having a crisis of faith. And then they meet a unicorn who tells them, yeah, I serve the same god as you. And he or she is real and has power. And then your cleric can, you know, have their faith reaffirmed. It could be the unicorn, to me, isn't a monster that you're going to fight. Really ever. <laughs> Instead, it's a creature that you as the DM are going to put into your game to use as a tool for telling your story and building your world. And I think that's... It's not the only monster that you'll do this with. It's not the only creature across the different bestiaries of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons that exists maybe not to fight, but to be essentially a character and to help build the tapestry of your world and impose on your players that it is a world where the forces of good and evil exist. So that's all I've got for the unicorn. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Keep on delving.